Josh Green here for Seconds Out with David Allen. David, nice to see you once again in the ring looking sharp. Uh, just tell us how your training's been going over the last weeks and months. Uh, yeah, training's been like that. I'm just plodding on you. I'm not. The six rounds over the arena is at the build and end, also. I'm, just, I'm in the process now of building my fitness up, my base fitness, looking at June July for a big fight. But at the minute, just training away. I'm fit, but I'm not super, super fit. I'm not 100% ready, but I don't want to be for this. Learn my mistakes from the prize fight. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy, I'm happy enough. Yeah. How far off that level do you think you're in? Three or four months, two fights, box Feb 8, box April 4th, big fight at June July, that's my plan at the minute, yeah, so six rounder, Donnie and Darge it looks like, get six rounds and I hope, learn, learn a bit of discipline, I want a bit of discipline, yeah. You're looking forward to being back up there and in front of the fans and, and getting that buzzing feeling from walking out again? Yeah, it's been a long process, passing medicals and stuff, it's been a very long process, I've never, uh, it's been really stressful, expensive, hard work, upsetting going through it all, but everything's been passed, I'm melted to box. So so yeah, I think I think when I think when fight week comes round I start to get a bit of a buzz at the minute, I'm tired, I'm training hard, I've got all the boys, been a lot of stress sorting things out, but when I walk to the ring check of the arena, I'll you know, I'll be really excited, yeah. Do you think that's maybe the side of the sport that people don't appreciate as much? Because there's a lot to go through before fight, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's all, you know, boxing's always hard work, but this, this medical has been really hard work, you know, it's been, uh, been ongoing for a while now, and it's been hard work passing it, and I've been here, there, and I've been at the hospital, private hospital, it's been a, an expense, looking much, and uh, I said that will pay it, you know, and that's one side that, that Eddie don't get credit for, you know, he's, yeah, so, so I'm all clear, so I've got a clear mind, I know that I'm healthy and well, which is, which is great, but, as far as time consuming and upset, it's been, it's been really hard work to be honest, but uh, hopefully yeah, we're, we're doing the tunnel now. You mentioned David Price, are you out there on Saturday to really avenge that and show that, show that you're back? Yeah, I guess so, you know, I'm not fighting anyone near that calibre, but that's the level I want to get back to, it's the price, it's a, the price fight I want to be open to in the future. Um, get a few wins and then see, put myself back in the shot window I guess, because I'm not the A side of any big fight, you know, so I'm putting myself in the shot window for someone that wants a fight with a decent name that I'm sure they all think is very winnable, but on my day, as I proved in the third round of the brown fight, I can own me on with anybody. You say uh, David Price and being back in the shot window, you think is David Price maybe someone who's got your eye on maybe a little a few months, maybe even a year down the line? Yeah, possibly, you know, the, the brown fight, the rematch is another possibility, I guess. Uh, I'm the away fighter, I'm the opponent, I'm the big name opponent, I guess, I'm the big name gatekeeper these days, which is fine. So that pays well and it gives me an opportunity to put myself back in the in the title picture, the British title, the European title. And fantastic, I'm open to fighting anybody if the money's right and the opportunity and the timing's right. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'm medically clear to fight, so I can fight anybody. You know, there's no worry that I'm not well, there's no worry that I'm not in a fit position to do it. I'm fit, mentally I feel fine. I'm knackered today, this mid midday workout, I'm not a massive fan of, I'm miserable earlier, cheered up a bit now. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just, just take it one fight at a time, but always plan ahead, but take it one day at a time, is what I always say. When it ticked over and it was 2020, 1st yeah. of January, what did you wake up and think, oh, I'm going to achieve in 2020? I just want to win. I want to box again. I want to do is box again. If I box, you know, these genuine type opponents, then actually I want to be happy. It's not about money for me. I want to make money, obviously, and at this point in my life, I realise it's more important than I ever did before, but 
I just want to, uh, just want to box. I love boxing. I want to be involved in boxing. Uh, and me doing well gives these boys an opportunity to do well. That's, that's what it is for me. And people can say, well, David, you're a bit more selfish, but I am what I am. So, no, I won't. During that eight months, what, what have you been been up to? And just tell us what's been going through. All sorts. All sorts. Um, training my boys mainly. Moved Jay down from Glasgow. He lives with me now. He trains with me. Um, try to say Liam trains. Try to say Paul trains. Try to say Danny trains. Try to say. I train them twice today, I train myself twice today. Um, I do all sorts. All good stuff as well. All good stuff. Um, so I sometimes get a bit of stick, but people don't realise. I, 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 I do some good things. I really try and do some good things. And um, the fruits always come way after you put the, 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 the reap the, 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 you reap the, the what yourself a long time after you do it. So my my, my uh, it'll come in time when Danny's in the festival starts winning things and other things start taking off. Then then I'll start getting a, a bit of the uh, a bit of the good out of it. But yeah, I'm really happy. I'm busy and I've never been as happy in my life as I am right now. So I'm so busy and I'm watching my friends and family flourish. How much and how good has that been mentally for you to train other people and watch them progress? Oh, it keeps it keeps me living. It keeps me going. Really genuinely. After Danny, 17 year old kid, we weren't friends the last two years. At the time, I don't know what I'd be doing. Kept me, kept me getting out of bed, give me a reason to get out of bed every morning. I've got to get out of bed because I've got in. That'd be son. Jane Lee and Paul, like my kids as well. I've got to get out of bed for him. I live for him. You know what I mean? That, that's the relationship we have with like family. You know? People can say, bloody hell, Dave, that's not a good thing. That's the truth of it. That's how I feel about it. How much belief do you have in them to, to really make a living of this boxing? Danny Morel can be a superstar. Really, genuinely. He can be a superstar. Like you watch him, it's just unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I met him at 15, only won eight out of 35 amateur fights. Really poor amateur. Just to see the improvement, the ability was there. His great, his great uncle was a really good professional boxer of the British title. So it's in the blood, he can fight. But he wasn't shown properly. Time to do something, he just does it. You watch him now, he's the only zone with England internationals. That's a little bit too big for him. It's just. So he fills me so much joy. Jay can watch the British title in a couple of years' time. But Jay, Jay, Jay wants to just enjoy boxing, enjoy life. He can do that, we've got great plans for him. Liam's an unbelievable athlete, he's got a long way to go, so has Paul. But these four boys, all four of them will be professional boxers, and all four of them will do really well. Is it good that it takes a little bit of focus off yourself and you can focus on other things for a time? Yeah, I don't really focus on myself too much anyway, really. I train, I train twice a day, I train hard, come in here, do six body spar with Jay every day, two on the bag, do my abs at night, I come in, I do my running, some weights, that's what I do. Building some fitness up, getting myself ready. But uh, I'm a better trainer than I'm a boxer because I put my heart and soul into it, you know, I really do. Uh, with the fighting, I probably, you probably see the brown fight was nearest 100% of the beam. I was good that night, the third one. I was good and I took out a former champion in no time. So I know the ability there, of course, it's always been there. But um, yeah, I found someone I've got a real passion for. Now. Just looking ahead to the fight, not uh, just a few days away now. Yeah. Is it a little bit frustrating and maybe a little bit tougher for you not knowing really what, what you've got going into that? Not really, no, I'm just really excited to get back in there. 
I'm really uh, a bit of a buzz about myself. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm back doing. This is my life. Boxing my life. Totally known for the last 11 years. Never school. So the excitement is that the excitement will come. It's not here now. You know what I mean? Like if you have something planned for a week in advance, like it's going to meet some bird. A week where you're like excited, it gets to the day and like you're buzzing, aren't you? So uh, I guess this is pretty much the same. Yeah, I'm really excited for it. And with it being hometown as well, do you think yeah, it'd be nice. Yeah. With obviously lots of fans being there from the area, do you think the atmosphere is going to be one of the better ones you've got before? Yeah, it'd be good. Terry Harper's a, a real superstar of the show. I love Terry. Um, but yeah, the atmosphere, when I find the atmosphere is always the best of the night when I box for some reason, I don't know why, but people took a shine to me and that's my greatest victory in boxing so far. Thank you Maybe it's not just Joe Joyce who might decide to pivot and go in a different direction. Maybe Daniel Dubois has other options as well. So we've seen Joseph Parker's manager, David Higgins, come out and say that he'd be open to putting Parker in against Daniel Dubois in an eliminator for you know ranking with the WBO. Dubois is currently number three, Parker's number two, Usek is mandatory. Well, who's going to be the mandatory after them? Maybe we will see Parker versus Dubois for that mandatory spot. It all depends on how confident Frank Warren is in Daniel Dubois at the moment. Because he's acting like he'd put him in with anybody in the world other than Fury and Wilder right now. If that's the case, then, well, you might as well go for the Parker fight than Frank. You might as well talk to the WBO, who Frank Warren is very, very close to and has been for decades and say, make that fight. Because from a resume point of view, and from a ranking point of view, it makes far more sense than the Joe Joyce fight does right now. And you can then build Joe Joyce up separately, because whoever takes a loss in the Joyce Dubois fight, it's going to set them back a few steps. And of course, if it's Joyce who takes the loss, it's going to be more difficult for him to rebuild because of his age. Right? So rather than having one of your heavyweights take several steps back, why not let Joyce go and fight Hergovic and have Dubois fight uh, Joseph Parker in a WBO eliminator? Again, it all comes down to whether Frank Warren is as confident in Daniel Dubois as he says he is. Now, personally, any of those fights are great. Joyce versus Hergovic, great. Joyce versus Dubois, great. Dubois versus Hergovic, uh, Dubois versus Joseph Parker, very intriguing. The only thing I'm a little concerned about is the inexperience of Daniel Dubois. Joseph Parker, as we all know, former world champion, been in there against Anthony Joshua, Andy Ruiz, Dylan White, etc., etc. So he has competed at the very, very highest level. And although he's lost to the likes of AJ and White, I mean, they were competitive fights. It's not like he's ever been totally dominated and blown out of the water. No, always been competitive, even in his losses. So how would Daniel Dubois cope with him right now with uh, Joseph Parker's speed and his movement and his agility and all that kind of stuff, his experience? Be very interesting. Is Daniel Dubois going to suffer the same fate as Anthony Yard, for example, if he's put in at the top level too soon? because he hasn't really had any intermediary fights yet. I guess that's what they're looking 
to do putting him in against Joe Joyce. That's a great fight for Daniel Dubois right now. And actually, Martin Bacoli is also a great fight for him. Those are the kind of fights that he needs to prepare him for the next step when he takes on the Joseph Parkers, the Dylan Whites, and all those kind of people. So let me know what you think in the comment section below. And in this particular interview here, which is just done today, maybe I'm reading too much into it, but at one point in the interview, he said, if the fight with Joe Joyce happens, not when, if. So maybe him and his people are looking at other options, you know, perhaps the Joseph Parkers of the world. And who else is in the WBO rankings that he could fight an eliminator? Kalnaki's tied up. Are they talking to Ruiz? Would they go for that fight? I personally doubt it. I think that that's a risky fight. I mean, if maybe if Ruiz was at number two or mandatory, they might go for it, but he's actually below Dubois in the rankings. So I don't know whether to go for that. And other than that, who have you got? Chisora, well, we know Dubois has been looking to fight him, but Chisora probably going to fight uh, Usek, it would seem at the, at the moment. Below, you got Hergovic. I can't see Dubois fighting him at the moment. Schwartz, maybe. But he is way, way below Dubois. And Joyce, of course, we know all about him. Maybe Zhang. That's the kind of person who Frank Warren might target for Dubois. He's in at number 10. Romanov, of course, that's the guy who knocked out uh, Deontay Wilder in the amateurs. Would be surprised if Frank Warren put Dubois in with him. You know, why give the guy an opportunity to take Dubois' number three slot when he doesn't need the opportunity? So, yeah, we'll see what happens here, people. Again, as long as Dubois is fighting somebody in uh, a very competitive fight, like a Joyce, a Hergovic, a Bacoli, even a Parker, I'm happy. Yeah, but I, I would prefer him to see fight uh, to see him fight, excuse me, a Joyce, a Bacoli, etc. before stepping up to somebody like Parker. Let me know what you think in the comments, people. It's that man I'm out. Very interesting. Lou DeBella reveals in this interview that the reason he was sacked from Wilder's team is because he set up the zone deal. And he described the move as perverse because here's a promoter going out there talking to all different networks, trying to find the best deal for his fighter. And how do they reward him? They sack him. <laughs> Perverse really is the best way to describe it. Now, I suspect the reason that Lou DiBella was sacked is because Finkel, Heyman, etc. had no intention of ever letting Deontay Wilder take that DAZN deal. I think they felt offended that Lou DiBella had even tried to talk to DAZN. Because think about it. DAZN is direct competition for Fox direct competition for Showtime. At the time, that's where all Al Heyman's fighters were. So with DAZN being a new player in the American market, Heyman in particular is thinking, well, that's the competition. Why would we help them by giving them the biggest fight in heavyweight boxing? We don't want to do that. We're trying to help Fox. I think that's what happened there. And that's why Luda Bella got the axe and had to go from the team because they don't want somebody who's good, who's willing to work with all different broadcasters and show the fighter what's actually out there financially. I think that Al Heyman and Shelley Finkel probably felt embarrassed because Wilder's eyes were opened to the kind of money that he can make from other people. 
Now, Deontay Wilder is not a very bright individual. And I'm sure that Al Heyman and Shelley Finkel would have got into his head and manipulated him into believing that Lou DiBella had to go for some other reason. Oh, maybe he went behind our, our back or whatever the case may be. This is my best interpretation of what happened. You know, none of us were behind the scenes or whatever, but just think about it, people. Lou DiBella got Deontay Wilder a $120 million offer from the zone and the undisputed fight. And Deontay Wilder sacked him for doing that. People, that don't make no sense. It is perverse, but it does make sense if the narrative I just told you is true. Then it makes perfect sense. It's just Al Heyman basically working in his best interest and Fox's best interest and at the time Showtime's best interest rather than working in Wilder's best interest. But Wilder is just not bright enough to figure out that his own people are playing him for a fool and they're using him. He's not bright enough to figure this out. Why on earth would you sack Lou DiBella for getting you the more money than you've ever seen before in your life and a great deal? Why would you sack him for that? That doesn't make any sense. I thought you wanted the undisputed fight. The guy gets it for you and you sack him. <laughs> you couldn't make this up, people. You really couldn't. Wilder is not very bright. He can't figure out that he's being played by his own people. And like attracts like. The vast majority of Deontay Wilder fanboys are not very intelligent people. They're attracted to him because he reminds them of themselves intellectually. That's what it's all about. I'm not saying every single Deontay Wilder fan is like that, but the vast majority of them, based upon what I see in the comment section of my videos and all over the internet, not very bright people, dangerously low IQs. <laughs> so anyway, let me know what you guys think in the comment section below. Cassius for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. We're in Miami. You've just you are, you've just you? come off a plane. When did you get here? Sunday. Yeah, boys. Oh, fucking look at Oscar. Absolutely had it off. Look at him. Little man bag on. Little Fred Perry. Look at the boy. Um, what? No. Why you? Where's Uma? Uh, no, this is Oscar's trip. Oh mate, Oscar's had it off. He's absolutely had it. You sharing a room? Yeah, of course, of course. Oh, yeah. We don't take the piss that much, mate. Good, good. I was just thinking, if you were, that was an absolute liberty. No, no, so, good. We're not divas, mate. We're not divas. Um, Edward, where have you been the last couple of days, then? Uh, I don't know, really. Where have I been? Yesterday, I was in the office. Sat, I, was, I was around at the weekend. And I was in New York, I think, was I? Yeah, I was in New York. And then I came home for the weekend, and now I'm back out here. So, yeah, all good, mate. What else was going on in New York? Have I spoke to you since then? Probably not. No, it's just really we're right in the middle of sorting all our schedules out. End of March, mainly April, May and June. Um, and it's everything's changing by the day, just trying to finalise everything. And yeah, so trying to do that whilst also travelling to the events, see you guys, attend the media days. Very excited for Miami on Thursday night. I think it's a wonderful card. Wonderful card. I think a lot of the time, we don't get enough credit. I have to be honest. 
you don't get enough credit. Yeah. What do you actually want? I want people to go... Pay homage. No, we've done the homage. I just want people to go, just something like low-key, you know, nothing, nothing big time, nothing extravagant, nothing over the top, just something like, fuck me, her, and you're the quote. No, the quote, the goat. No, the quote is the greatest woman of all time. No, the greatest wanker of all time. That's also the quote. No, um, I just think that there isn't, I don't see other cards like this on non-pay-per-view, particularly in America. So this is a Thursday night. Obviously, we're back to the whole YouTube thing, uh, which is interesting. I see Anderson Gibb over there. He looks about two stone lighter than I last saw him. Looking forward to that, but really looking forward to the real boxing as well which is Andrade against Keeler. I don't feel like anyone's giving Keeler even the time of day. Um, one of your boys, MTK boy. I think he knows what he has to do. I think he has a great trainer in Peter Taylor. Knowing what to do and doing it against Demetrius Andrade is a whole other kettle of fish. I think Maciek Selecki, I think Akovov, I think all these guys knew or thought they knew what they had to do. Neither of them could even win a round. So let's see what Keeler can do. I think Tevin Farmer against Jojo Diaz is just an amazing fight. I think it's the breakout fight for both guys. And I think the one that's sleeping under the radar, well, two that are sleeping under the radar, one is Danny Roman against Akhmad Aliyev. It is an absolute all-out war for the WBA, IBF, Super Bantamweight Championships of the world. And also Anthony Sims um, in his first real fight, I'd say. First real fight. He's fighting a guy who's world-ranked. Angulo is Colombian. He lives in Miami, trains in Miami. And then you've got all the other kids on a card, which is fantastic. Bayaslanov, Ofa Jones, Alexis Espino, Ammo. That's a massive card, massive card. And um, yeah, I just feel like sometimes it's kind of like it's become expected. And then when you do one that's maybe just an average card, it's, it's gone from an average card to, oh, that's shit. And this is just, oh, it's another matchroom show. Oh, it's another matchroom show with three really good world championship fights on it some of the best young talent you can find, and sprinkled in with a little bit of YouTube magic, which I know you really love secretly. Yeah, Ed, really good card, mate. Like, really Sorry. impressed with the card this weekend. Oh, thanks, mate. Like, I thought oh, it was really good. good. Like, I mean, we're not having to pay for it, apart from our normal subscription back at home and whatever they do here, so. It's part of the Sky schedule, isn't it? I mean, we could have made it pay-per-view. No, with Jake Paul and Anderson, genuinely, by the way, genuinely. I know, but it would have done another hundred odd thousand buys. Like, you know, we just did over three hundred thousand buys for the last one. This would have done over hundred thousand buys. But where, you know, for me, this is a much smaller level than KSI against Jake uh, Logan Paul. So, I nearly did it just for the banter, but I decided not to. You nearly put it on pay per view just for the banter. What at home as well? Yeah. Purely for banter. Yeah. I'm so glad you didn't. But anyway, we're looking forward to it anyway. Ed, we'll come back to the card in a minute, but you had a lot of negativity this week over some of your comments. Well, you did. Saudi, yeah, yeah. Some of your comments. Yeah, it's frustrating. Like, I, I can't be bothered to bullshit you, right? Because it, when we're talking, you know I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not even thinking about you. I'm just talking to you like we're in a pub. And that's what people like. So I can't bullshit you and lie to you and tell you something that is very unlikely to happen. I'm just going to tell you the truth. But it's very frustrating when some people are, I mean, like the common sense levels of some people, it's frightening. 
because like some of the comments I had it's like um, oh these guys don't need to make money you know I mean they've got enough money surely they'd take a third to do it in England I mean do you understand the dynamics of these conversations like so when we make this fight do you think I'll just go Tyson Anthony just to let you know the deal's done we're going to Saudi no I go to both teams I go these are the options if you anyone with the smallest brain in their head is going to know that genuinely an athlete, particularly a fighter, will be most interested in the option with the most money on the table. It's not the be-all and end-all, but when it's double, when it's treble, the biggest defining fight of their career, what do you think they're going to do? And it's not even about AJ. I'm not saying AJ won't want to go where the money is. What do you think Tyson Fury's going to say? What do you think Deontay Wilder's going to say? We tried our nuts off to get Wilder in the UK. It weren't happening. It weren't happening. Fury has had his last four fights in the US. Why? Why aren't you saying to him, oh, you're deserting the UK fans? He hasn't boxed in England for, like, a couple of years. He don't want to box in England. He just wants to box where the money is. Why is that so difficult for you to understand? Do I want that fight in Wembley? I would love that fight in Wembley. Should it be in Wembley? Yes. Will it be in Wembley? Unlikely. Why? Because you have other players now wanting to pay three, four times as much that could be generated in the UK. How, how is that difficult to understand? Like, when someone says to me, just tell the fighters that they should do it in London and tell them to forget about the money because they've got enough already. That's the most moronic comment. Like, what, do you not understand the world? Fight Joshua and Fury would rather do that fight at Wembley. Of course. They would love to do that fight with me. And there will be a limit, an element, that they would take much less to do it there. There will be. But there will come a point where both guys will just look at it and say, I can't, you know. And that's what I was trying to explain in the interview. But maybe I'll just keep my mouth shut and just lie to you. I'm just telling you the truth. You know how the world works. Do you, like, you know how the game works. What? To, to be fair, I, I, I just thought all this was unnecessary because you didn't really even have to make these comments because the, the fight at the moment is very hypothetical. Wilder's fighting Fury. And I'm just, it I'm is, not, but I've got to ask the question. And I'm not going to lie to you. Like Someone says to me, do you think that fight will take place? I say, no, I think that fight will probably take place in Saudi Arabia. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah, really. What's your from a fan's perspective, though, who, all right, say for fans that don't agree, regardless of from what you're saying, and does believe that we shouldn't be denied back home the biggest fight I ever. Don't, you don't yeah. understand. I don't deny it. You do know that, don't you? Do you think I t I'm going to tell Tyson Fury where he's fighting? He and his team will make the decision where the fight is. Anthony Joshua and his team will make... I'm just giving you the heads you up. You have input, though. No, not into the... Not, not, Tyson Fury, absolutely none at all. If I said to Fury, right, there's two offers on the table, uh, you could make $40 million to fight in the UK or 100 and whatever I said to fight in Saudi. And he goes, fucking, why are you even asking me? Book the flight tickets. And I went, I've spoke to AJ and he said no, because he wants to do it in England, so you've got to do it in England. And he, what do you think his team would say? I mean, I just, it's frightening. I've, I've resp responded to a few DMs, some blokes like, they should be fighting for nothing. I mean, you know. This is a common one I've seen. How much money does a man want? 
I know. It doesn't work like that. You work your whole life to get what you deserve, yeah, what you're worth. Okay? So it's not that under no circumstances should you ever work under your under your market value, right? There will be an element to, and, and again, I stress, me. I mean, look, Fury ain't even won yet, but Wilder definitely ain't coming, you know, to to England. Hey, do you know one of the one of the problems as well with you is that? No, there's a few, to there's, be fair. There's a few, but because because you and and Joshua as well did this whole thing about Joshua's next two fights at Wembley and. Joshua saying when he was going to fight Wilder that no, he should come over here because this is where he is. So all those kind of comments don't help the situation when it comes to comments about Saudi, correct? Yeah, but Coop, you can't... Comments that were made two years ago are very different to comments that are made now. Back then, we nearly had Wilder on the hook for 15 mil, 20 mil. Now he wants 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. It cannot be generated in the UK. It's impossible. So back then... We were making offers, and that's probably why we didn't get the fight done. If there was a deal in Saudi, we would have got the fight made back then, but there wasn't. So what would you want? Would you rather see the fight happen, or would you rather me try and get it in the UK and it just have no chance of happening? No, obviously, ultimately, we want to see the fight happen. But look, AJ has never wanted to box abroad, never. Even when we couldn't get the right opponent for Wembley in, in the summer of last year, the Jarrell Miller fight come up, he was boxing in Madison Square Garden. I felt like it was time for him to make his American debut. He was all right with it. He would have preferred to fight in the UK. Obviously, the Ruiz fight come. He turned down, when we talk about turning down less money, he accepted half the money to take this fight in the UK rather than Madison Square Garden. That fight was made for Cardiff, right? He'd already made his decisions. Andy Ruiz said, I'm not coming to London. Saudi then came in with four times what AJ would have made in the UK and it all came together. He has more often than not said to me, I want it in the UK. And again, with Pulev, he says to me, Eddie, please make that fight in the UK. And that is what I'm trying to do. But also understand, what do you think, in a, in a split scenario with Pulev, what do you think Pulev's saying? Oh, does AJ want to do it in the UK? Oh, bless him, go on then. What do you think he's saying? He's saying, no, I, I want to go to where I can make the most money. But in this instance, we're having to say to Pulev, sorry, it's UK, or you might lose the fight. Are we prepared to lose the Wilder fight or the Fury fight to just stand firm and say UK, UK? We did that last time. You just got to be real. And I, you know, all these interviews I give you, I'm not trying to be clever, clogs. I'm not trying to be an arsehole. I'm just telling you the truth. I'm telling you, I'm giving it you real. What I see every day in this industry, it doesn't mean I agree with everything. I'm just telling you, it's life, it's business. This is the truth you hear from me. So when you listen to my videos, understand that sometimes you're gonna hear things you don't like. But if you, if you don't wanna hear things you don't like, do not press play on an Eddie Hearn interview. Because I've been in this game too long now, only 10 years. I can't be bothered to lie to you. I can't be bothered to spin stories. I'm just gonna tell you the truth. And it will make me unlikable at times, unpopular at times, but I will always be real. And the reality is, fighter is going to go where the most money is. It's just like when you're trying to sign a fighter. They might like me over someone else. But if there's more money with someone else, they're going to go with someone else nine times out of ten. What percentage of people out there do you actually believe that understand exactly where you're coming from out there? 
50%, maybe. Yeah, I, I was going to say that. It seems 50 50 to me. Yeah, yeah. But people don't really think, sometimes people just go, well, fucking. Like, I've had a couple of conversations with randoms, just literally, and after a few while, they like, oh, I get it, I'm just pissed off. I said, like, I understand that. Do you know what I mean? I would like to fight Wembley. But do you want to get it done or not? Like, that's the, that's the reality of it. And, and I have to be honest, like, I have a job to do for my client as well, which is to provide them with as much money as possible and give them the best strategy and the clearest strategy to achieve success, longevity, and make as much money in this game as possible. And I'm not doing my job if I don't explore those opportunities. Like, and I will lose my clients. You know, if I, if I say no to all these other people, I mean, Saudi ended up, you know, the Saudi fight with Ruiz ended up being, you know, one, groundbreaking, two, obviously financially very rewarding, three, everything worked out absolutely perfectly. So in that sense, boxes ticked. Just like you've got to deliver, I've got to deliver as well. And I've got a job to do for my fighters. And if I don't do a good job for my fighters, I'll lose my fighters. And I won't have the credibility, I won't have the name, I won't have the success that I'm having. So whilst, you know, I'm not saying, oh, I'm just a fan like you, but, I, you know, I know what you're thinking, and I'm a fan of the sport, and I would love every fight to take place in the UK, but life don't work like that. So you can be reassured we will do everything we can to see that fight in the UK. I'm just telling you, I don't see it. What can you update us about the whole Pulev situation and where it could be taking place? Any movement on the date? Yeah, so we extended the deadline again yesterday. We're, get, we're getting very close now. Again, same situation. We've told Pulev, um, we've told us, for guys who don't know, there's a bit of a fight going on here between another reporter and Kugan Who are you with? Televisa. Oh, they're pretty, very powerful in Mexico. It's just a small guy from London. He just, yeah. No, I know, but he does right, but this He's all here the all day, so we're yeah. all good. He does this all the time. It's very disrespectful, but we'll, um, so yeah, I uh, can't remember what we're talking about now. So, Joshua Pulev. Yes, so we're getting close. Same thing, we've told Pulev we want that fight in the UK. You, do you understand that Joshua will probably make three times less for the Pulev fight to do it in the UK? But he does feel like, particularly after being in New York and in Saudi, that he should come home and fight, and he wants to fight in front of the UK fans. Expect an announcement when exactly on this? There's, there's a lot in the works. I mean, obviously, we've got Usyk against Chisora, which is virtually a done deal now. We've got Dillian White. looks like he'll be fighting Povetkin, possibly Andy Ruiz. We've got Joshua against Pulev, and we're just slotting them all in now. So you want those fights, ideally, to be four weeks apart each, you know? Um, but don't also rule out Dillian White's next fight in America, even if it's against Povetkin. Well, it could be Povetkin or Ruiz in America. Possibly. It's something we're looking at, yeah. Likely chances like, of this? Huh? Likely chances of this? Dylan White fighting in America? 50. I just feel that um, it would it could be a good move for him. You know, I mean, he wants to make some noise over there. He's had a lot of fights in the UK. Uh, yeah, so it's something we're looking at. Probably the favourite is to do it in the UK, but because really we're looking at the Reese fight in America. And then we started thinking about maybe we do the Povetkin fight in New York. And, and it's just raised a few eyebrows. The zone is certainly interested in that. And then uh, we'll have to see. But again, all these fights that I'm talking about will be closing in this week and getting done. Can you update me on the whole Canelo and Morata, Billy Joe Saunders, Callum Smith situation? Yeah, not a great deal. I mean, I've had a couple of minor conversations with, with the zone and uh, Golden Boy. Um, but 
I believe they met with Morata's, Morata's team this week. You know, I still believe they have interest in Callum Smith and Billy Joe Saunders, but nothing major to report. Both guys are there calling me, texting me every day, and I'm telling them the same thing that I'm telling you. You know, few conversations, nothing much to uh, discuss, no offers, no negotiations yet, but you're in, you're in the hat. If the Morata-Canelo fight does happen, will you push for Saunders and Smith? I, so. I mean, you've got a little mix there. You've got Saunders, Smith, Jacobs, Andrade. So you've got Andrade versus uh, Billy, or Billy versus Jacobs, or Callum versus Jacobs, or Billy versus Callum. For me, I would like to see Billy against Callum. You know, it's two British world champions in a potential unification fight. So for me, that would be the one to try and make. All right, well, listen, I will wrap this up now because... Uh, it's going to kick off in a minute, mate. Why are you going there? Pay per view, you two? Huh? Pay per view? You two? No. Fight on Thursday? Oh, I'll take him Wednesday. Yeah? <laughs> oh, yeah. Mate, he ain't playing. Muscles don't win fight, mate. Oh, mate. He ain't, he's absolutely mugged you off. People can't see him, so there's people yeah. don't know what he's talking about. Absolutely. I'm going to carry on, mate. I'll be another 20 New minutes, I'll be done. Coogan. New pants for Coogan. Thank you. All right, Eddie Hearn, thank you very much. Gold Star Promotions is proud to present Floyd Money Mayweather. The man himself is coming to the UK for his UK tour, February and March 2020. For all info and tickets, Gold Star Promotions, the host of UK. Raheem with Eddie Hearn in Miami Beach, Florida. One thing I gotta say is they never know what's coming after the Eddie Hearn. It, so many locations yeah. that you're putting on fights and big fights. Uh, Miami Beach, Super Bowl week. Yeah. Why is this the location in a Thursday night? It's, it's so off. Because we had an opportunity to work with a venue here with Verizon who every Super Bowl build a venue for purpose-built events. So tonight, uh, Thursday night is boxing, Friday night is a Pepsi concert, Saturday night is something else, and then they bring it down after Super Bowl. So we were invited to do that with the zone. We did it. As you know, Ryan, we're trying things. You know, like people are always quick to put you off on different things. Like when we said we were going to Chicago, Chicago's never worked. Oh, it's a you know, it's it's never worked as a fight city. It's probably been our most successful city. Miami, the same. My, oh, it's a waste of time for boxing. Why? Why is it a waste? It shouldn't be, should it? You know, like Miami's a great city. Surely they like boxing. They know, you know, they know they're boxing. So for us, it's about understanding areas and cities. Uh, Super Bowl week, like I said, was just the opportunity to do this uh, with Verizon, with the Zone, and with this new stadium. It's a wonderful card. You know, triple header world championships. Of course, the YouTube fight as well. Great young talent. So looking forward to it, and it's buzzing in Miami this week, you know? Well, it seems to be a staple of matchroom now. You're just getting spots built for fights and you tear yeah, them down yeah, by the yeah, next couple yeah, yeah. of days. We Ma don't, but people are doing that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe they should have left the one up in Saudi Arabia because all I'm hearing is buzz. Well, this yeah. fight's going, well, top rank's going, well, these yeah. guys are going. How real is that? Is Saudi Arabia, has it proven itself to be a future location for many fights or other promoters also yeah, vying for them? Basically, what's happening is all promoters are now trying to get into Saudi Arabia. 
But the other problem is you've got a lot of middlemen where people are saying, oh, I can get you into Saudi Arabia. So someone might go to top rank or to Golden Boy and say, I know someone and I can do this and I can get you in there. And obviously you've got to have the right contacts to make it happen. The only person to pull off a major site deal in the Middle East is me. So I'm in a good position to do that. Crashing his interview. He crashed yeah, my interview before. In. <laughs> you are welcome. There's no crash before a champion. Have you You're met our like light middleweight world champion? Uh, <laughs> Devin, <laughs> yes, rings a bell. Is that how you're going to do me? Also, your future broadcaster in just a couple of days, uh, Devin Haney will be sitting ringside with me yeah. calling the, uh, the Give and um, Paul fight. What's it like to be transitioning out of the gloves, out of the ring, to sit in ringside and putting your analyst hat on? Uh, I'm very happy. You know, uh, I can't wait. I can't wait to show the world that, you know, uh, there's a different side of me. So I'm looking forward to it. I was just about to ask uh, Eddie here about how difficult it is to get Demetrius Andre the kind of fights that he wants. You've got a lot of fights out there for you that could project you into superstardom. Big, huge, big, huge fights. How likely is it that we get at least one of them? I know Lomachenko's always on your mind in 2020. I've been begging for him. you got to ask this man right here. Well, I mean, the whole reason we went down the WBC route was to fight Lomachenko. So it's very disappointing to us when he got made uh, franchise champion. The upside was Devin Haney went from interim champion to full world champion. And that's good. He's become a world champion, but he wants legacy. You know, and the way you get legacy is to beat the greats. So we were hoping that they would order Lomachenko or the winner of Lomachenko Campbell against Devin Haney. They put him straight up. For me, they protected him. He doesn't want protecting. But the people around him will say, no, 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 we don't want to. Bob Arum said numerous times, we're not fighting Devin Haney. No, we're not fighting Devin Haney. Why not? There's a load of money in the fight. Everyone wants to see it. So he wants to keep it in-house. You know, now I fight Teofimo Lopez. Like, and for me, Teofimo Lopez has just put in a performance where he's on the verge of becoming a star. For me, he should cement that and have a couple of fights, then fight Lomachenko. But fair play to a lot of these young, these young guns, they want it now. And you have to respect that. Like I, I would have said to Devin, don't fight Lomachenko yet. Have three or four fights. You know, you're becoming a massive star. He went, no, no, I want him there. Same with Lopez. Lopez, same. I mean, imagine him against Teofimo Lopez, him against Ryan Garcia, him against Tank. They're the few, that's the future of boxing. Now, right now, you've got these guys, you've seen it in the UK, where guys are, you know, the bigger names are sort of fading out. Now, whether it's Canelo, Floyd, we've seen. You know, even like Danny Jacobs, even Demetrius, they're 30s. You know, they're so, the years young guys, this is a fu the future of the sport. And so many great fights to be made, and he's up for all of them. Well, one of the reasons Bob Arum gave me why Lomachenko shouldn't fight you was because you didn't have <laughs> enough time in the game, you're not ready. All the well, things that could be that. said about yeah. Teofimo Lopez. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's not his job to protect me, it's Eddie's job. <laughs> so then what do, you, let me. <laughs> what do you make of the Teofimo Lopez-Lomachenko uh, matchup? I know you like to fight probably either one of those guys, but yeah. that fight's not made. This one is. What do you think of that matchup? Uh, I think it's a, a really good matchup. You know, uh, I feel like Teofimo has the, the speed and the power. Um, and Lomachenko has the IQ, so I think it's a very interesting, interesting uh, matchup. But I'm, I'm edging towards uh, Loma. In most cases, a guy eventually will lose. Like no matter how good they are, almost every case, a guy's gonna get an L on his record first. Are you worried at all that somebody gets to Lomachenko before you? Yeah, I, I am kind of worried. <laughs> I, I am kind of worried, but it. 
that 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 loss won't come easy. You know that not just any ordinary guy will will beat Lomachenko, and I understand that, and I feel like I'm the guy to be do it. Uh, Eddie, I do have to talk to you about Andre. Obviously, he's the top of this card now. Keeler's a tough guy. Yeah. We know that. Most people won't, unless he shows and proves that come Thursday night. But it won't make that a major fight till Friday, which yeah. is too late. Yeah. What is it that Andre needs to do, if anything? Probably look bad. Probably get knocked down. You know, <laughs> the problem is, is we're just going to have to pay the money because people are saying Andre is the best 160 pounder in the world. But until we get him those fights to prove it, we can't say it with any solidarity. You know, it's just we think, you know, or people think. But too many people in boxing rate him too highly, you know, for it not to have credibility. I like the Keeler fight because Keeler will give it everything. But these guys who have been boxing him, Avakov, Suleki, they said the same thing. And when they got in there, they couldn't win a round. So what can Keeler do? You know, he's, he's earned his shot. He's number two in the WBO. He beat RES well. He's game. I like him. I'm pleased to give him the opportunity. I want to see Demetrius under pressure. I want to see someone back him up, try and beat him up. But I've just got the feeling he's too good. I imagine that's Keeler's strategy. If yeah, nothing else, that's the guy. Yeah. You're not going to outbox him, are you? Right. You've got to rough him up and beat him up. But that's what Suleki said he'd do. And you got a lot of irons in the fire come middleweight division. Yeah. So I, there may be some conflicts there for whom fights whom based on your relationship with each. Uh, the whole conversation was about Canelo Saunders yeah. for so long. And then Oscar tells me, not only is he not the guy, he's not even in the running, really. Yeah. Did that, was that news to you, or did you know yeah, that I mean, he wasn't on the... We've had a couple of conversations with Golden Boy. I mean, you know, obviously you've got Callum Smith and Billy Joe Saunders, both ready-made opponents for Canelo at 168. They're talking to Murata as well, which is a strange choice, but I can see how it works for Japan and stuff like that. Um, for Demetrius, there is the Billy Joe Saunders fight. There's other fights that I think are great for him. Mungia, who really should be mandatory for Demetrius Andre, uh, and also Derevanchenko, I think is a great fight for, for Demetrius. He needs that big name. You know, he needs that name to become a star. And right now, it's just people saying he could be the best in the world. But does Canelo need to fight a middleweight to remain his, to maintain his claim, another middleweight title holder, to remain and claim think, middleweight superiority? For me, and this is only as a fan. I don't think you'll see Canelo Alvarez at 160 again. You know, when you boxed at 175, to drop 15 pounds to come back to middleweight, I think he's going to box at 168. He's got loads of opponents there. Uh, but again, that's just an opinion as a fan. If that's the case, that will create a hell of a feeding frenzy at 60 to yeah. gobble up those remaining belts, create all yeah. these vacant yeah. titles. Well, you have Charlo with the WBC. You have Demetrius with WBO. I mean, for me, Charlo should be fighting Demetrius Andre. Like, you've got a guy over there on the PBC. They've got no middleweights. You know, the only way he can unify is to fight Canelo Alvarez, Gennady Golovkin, or Demetrius. So they're all on the zone. We're not even asking you to sign a network contract, promotional contract. Just take the fight to see if you can unify the division. So hopefully he does, because I feel like that's the fight we need to see. Uh... By the way, if Canelo doesn't fight at middleweight again, will he still be super middleweight champion or franchise champion, whatever, whatever they're calling I've lost that? Track of it all now. 
That's a good, I wonder. We have to ask the WBC about that. Uh, I did talk to him about Charlo. They claim there's no offer. They claim this is all just uh, rubbish from you. Well, what I'll do is, I won't read it out, but I just want to, because when people say that, it, it questions my integrity. And, and what worries me about that is, is people like you might go, you know, uh, did he really make an offer? You know, so I just want to show you if they are indeed TV. misleading yeah. us that they didn't, that you didn't receive an offer, what's the purpose of that? Why not just say they turn it know. down? Or? He didn't say he didn't receive an offer. PBC said they never received an offer, and PBC didn't receive didn't receive an offer, right? No. So this is the Instagram, right? So um, are we rolling again? Okay. So this is other stuff like we should, you know, blah blah. Sure. So I said. Congrats on the win. I have an email coming to you today. Twenty. This is the 9th of December. Ninth Straight December. after his last fight. Yeah. Okay. Sim. Yeah. Send. Yeah. Everyone's saying you haven't received my email. Did you get it? Now, when you go to my emails, he didn't respond to the question. Did he get it? No, but he's he's responded to my emails before, so I know I've got the right address. Okay, so All this right. is the in, this is the Instagram, right? And I'm looking at the Instagram future of What's boxing. He's telling me his email address. That's right. his email address. Right, blah blah blah. Uh, I said 9th of December after his win. Congrats on the win. I have an email coming to you today. Just puts the OK symbol up, right? Sent. Blah blah blah. Everyone's saying I haven't received. Did you get it? Now, he got my last email to this address. So there's clear, you're saying to him, everyone's saying you didn't receive it, did you yeah. get it? And there was no response. It okay. looked like so, a screenshot you yeah. sent him. So then, I sent him an email in January 2019 with an offer, right? This one, 10th of December 2019, right? This okay. is the day after I said I was gonna send it, okay? Okay. So I'll cover out all the money. Oh. Hi, Jamal. Congrats on the win. I would like to make you the offer of a unification fight. I'll show you. Listen, you, yeah. you can't repeat it. Unification <laughs> fight with Demetrius Andre for a lot of money. <laughs> the fight will be a co-promotion between Matchroom and Lions promotion. We have so much to offer in terms of a multi-fight deal, which I'm happy to discuss. And alternatively, we would be happy to offer this as a one-fight deal. All right, so you want to keep the number confidential? Yeah, I think you should do so that. So can we hide the number and just show on camera the actual email exists? Oh, yeah, okay. So we need to, like... I don't want to put his email address up there. So I think most people trust you, to trust you, Raheem. <laughs> Not when it comes to this. The next thing you know, I'm working for you and on your payroll. But this is a... This is a this is a huge uh, discrepancy between two. To be fair, I read it, but I don't want people to take my word for it. You read it. I'm not going to start showing it to the screen, but anyway, he's received the offer. PBC said we haven't received the offer because they it wasn't to them. He's not promoted by PBC. So we sent it to Charlo. You saw the amount of money. And he's never he's never responded in any way. He's responded to previous offers saying, I'll speak to Al, I'll come back to you, but nothing. So what we'll have to do is, after Demetrius's fight this weekend, we'll make, we make another offer. 
Demetrius said he's willing to go over there and fight at showtime if yeah, necessary. We're up for doing that as well. No problem. And that offer pertains to him fighting even on another network? Yeah, no problem. No problem at all. You've heard it here from Eddie Hearn. I have seen the email. I try to get it on camera. You take my word for it. It says what it says. And uh, hopefully the you fight know, gets you know made. You number now. Yeah. <laughs> Radio Rahim in Miami Beach, Florida with Eddie Hearn. Fadia back on behind the gloves with another interview. Eddie, 10 ounce gloves, no head guard. No, is someone going to get knocked out? No, I, think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think that someone should have got knocked out last time, but. They kind of, they got knocked yeah. down. Gibbs pretty wild. Jake Paul's like technically much better, but Gibbs like a dog. And I just said on Sky, there's no point analysing these fights because they're so far out of their comfort zones. Everything that they've worked on. How do you know they can even execute that guy? Like they're not, they're not, well, say not athletes, they're in shape, but they're not fighters. They're not pro fighters. So what's so entertaining is watching these guys completely out of their comfort zones. So we'll see what happens. Saying that obviously they're not, they're not fully pro athletes. They've spent their time. It's not like they're going to win a major title or anything. I but, so. no, but And I said, you know, I said, it would be quite nice to find one of these guys. Like the reason that I'm okay with it is they're respecting the code. So when you've got Shane Mosley up there going, this guy has worked harder than a lot of pro fighters I've seen in this camp. Like they've come in in shape, they've prepared, you know, they've they've worked on the fundamentals as much as they can, but they're not very good. But what, what I was saying is we, we never thought this would happen, like they'd be in such a big card. Is there any possibility there could be like a reward for the YouTubers? And, and I know it sounds crazy, but like a YouTube belt maybe or something? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's highly cheesy and corny. I mean, it's but they, they're competing in it. Yeah, but it's pretty cheesy and corny what we're doing anyway. So let's not go over the top. Um, at the end of the day, it's, it is what it is. And I'll try and be honest as I can and say that the last one did hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of subscribers on DAZN, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pay-per-view buys on Sky, and the broadcasters want to see it. You know, here we've got three world championship fights, brilliant card. Andre against Keita, Tevin Farmer against Jojo Diaz, Danny Roman against Akhmad Aliyev. And this is sprinkled in the middle. So I think last time, with it being main event, a lot of people were like, oh, you know. But it is what it is. Ultimately, we have to not do what our broadcasters say, but obviously a lot of what we do is based upon what they want. Yeah. They're paying the money. And right now they want a little bit of this. A, it's a huge card, there's amazing talent on it. But talk to me why Farmer versus Diaz is like the third fight. That could be a main event in Philly with a, with a good undercard. Why is this on here? You can break it down and you could argue it on so many levels. Demetrius Andrade is a bigger name than Tevin Farmer. So he's main event. But Tevin Farmer, Jojo Diaz is probably a closer fight than Andrade against Keeler. And then you've got the YouTubers who are going, oh, I should be main event. You know, we're going to drive all the subscribers. You can't win. Do you know what I mean? By the way, Danny Roman against Ahmad Liev is just a brilliant fight as well. So. It's just a great card from top to bottom. I kept saying up there, this is definitely the fight card of 2020 and realised it's just January. So, But it is definitely the fight card of 2020. 100%. Let's move on. Uh, talk about numbers and whatnot. Daniel Dubois versus Joe Joyce yeah. looks like it's going to be made very soon. It's talks of it being on pay-per-view. Do you think it should be on pay-per-view? A lot of fans have come out and thought, you know, that I mean, fight shouldn't. What do you think? 
All I know is when I make a pay-per-view fight, and I've made them a lot better than that, and a lot of cards better than that, I've got so much stick. So, uh, it's a British title fight that's been ordered by the board. It is a good fight. It's an interesting fight. Um, I think the problem with that fight is they're just not, you know, they're not... Personalities? Yeah, but they're just... And people will say, who cares about a person? I'm just saying, like, from a pay-per-view event, it's a good British title fight, but with two guys that don't really talk and don't really engage. We made a British title fight on pay-per-view once. It was Anthony Joshua against Dillian White. But Joshua's profile is bigger than Dubois, or was bigger than Dubois and Joyce times 20 at this stage. And he was fighting a guy that basically they wanted to kill each other. And they had beef. It was North London, South London, the amateur background, and that did well. Yeah. Well, I think I do think uh, Joyce Dubois is a good fight. It's a risky fight. Uh, you know, it's, it's a, I'm quite surprised that Dubois taking that fight. Joe Joyce hasn't really got anything to lose. He's 34, but he needs to do something spectacular. I mean, they've done him dirty because he ain't boxed since July. He should be active. But Dubois, if Dubois loses, like the dream, if you like, you know that. He's, he's done. So you have to respect both guys for taking the fight. And do you think Joe? Do you think Joe should have taken the? There's a European title, obviously ordered as well. Yeah, he well, we we want to make the Joe Joyce against Hergovic fight. But why would you fight Hergovic when you can fight Dubois? I mean, they're both two good young fighters. But he's going to make more money for fighting Dubois. And Hergovic is probably more seasoned as a pro. They're both very dangerous fighters. Dubois is very good. You know, so Joyce is good, but he just doesn't. Doesn't. He's a lot better than he looks. Do you know what I mean? But I was. Surprised that Dubois took it because I would. Thing is with Dubois is he needs to be built. No one knows who he is, and he can fight, you know. But maybe this is the fight where he breaks out. It's just quite risky. Like if it goes past four or five rounds, it could be quite interesting. Now uh, Anthony Joshua, obviously December got his titles back. You were looking to put him out in uh, March, April, I think you said at Wembley. Yeah, end, What's end, end of May, early June? Okay. Um, Pulev still. Yeah, Pulev almost certainly will be next. We're finalising the, uh, the negotiations on that at the moment. London, I mean, that's that's what we want. You know, the, again... You know, is it in Tottenham Stadium? Tottenham's is one of the choices. Emirates is another. Where, where are you? Chelsea. Who? Chelsea. Chelsea. They haven't come, put it at the bridge. They haven't come through yet. Um, Pulev would rather to fight abroad because there's more money in that, but Joshua's boxed in New York and uh, Saudi Arabia and he wants to fight in London, so that's what we're trying to do. What's going to happen, we're obviously not looking past the Pulev fight, we've learned that, but what can happen at the end of the year? Because it looks like Wilder and Fury are tied in to another fight after the rematch. It depends, I mean, it all depends on how much money's in the third fight. If that fight's not great, or if it's uh, conclusive, the whole world is going to be demanding Joshua against the winner. If not, we fight Usyk, and, uh, you know, if we are able to make that fight, we'll be pushing hard to do it. Dillian White, um, in fact, Noah, I was just thinking, that Usyk versus Chisora fight, uh, you, I've heard you say that's almost done. Yeah. Would that be for the WBO? Will Joshua drop no. the WBO? No. no. Would that just be like an eliminator? Yeah, I mean, effectively, uh, Usyk's the mandatory. So if Chisora was to beat him, he would be the mandatory. Um, but that fight is uh, virtually agreed now, and we'll be making an announcement uh, soon. Uh, end of March, early April, something like that. And uh, lastly, Dillian White, where is he at? What's, uh, what's next for him? So I think he'll fight Povetkin next. We may even do that in New York. Main event. Yeah, yeah. Just thinking about it, you know, I think it'd be good for him to get the exposure over there. Obviously, he was trying to make some noise. Uh, Andy Ruiz is still in play. 
but sort of those three heavyweight fights we're just trying to make sure there's like a month in between them do you know what I mean? So, uh, What's the likelihood he'd face Andy Ruiz to Povetkin? What's like the ratio? I think Povetkin's a big favourite at the moment because Dillian really wants to fight in April, early May, and I think Ruiz, you'll probably see him back in June, but we're pushing both. All right, cool. When's the party tomorrow? Uh, it's after the weigh-in, wherever that is. You must have the info. Definitely, I'll we'll find it. it. So, good luck. All right, cheers, All I appreciate right. it. Hey Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps. If you haven't already subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you go ahead and do so by clicking this icon right here or else.